You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. I'm Jake. That's Brian. Brian, how was your weekend, my friend? Too short. Too short. Oh, that's <laughs> never good. Plenty of sports. I can tell you that much. Uh, we're gonna talk. That's what made it too short, man. Like, I like I love those weekends where you have back to back to back to back games, and now we're rolling into a Monday morning. Like, what do we have to look forward to? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, we still got plenty. We got plenty to talk on today's podcast. Uh, we need to talk about Utah basketball, man. The the Washington game. I know there are a lot of irate Utah basketball fans after what happened down the stretch, but I think you and I both think that there are some positives to take away from that game. We'll get to that ahead on today's show, and of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on with Utah athletics, the Red Rocks in action. So plenty to recap from the weekend that was. Brian, what do you say? Should we get going here? Jake. We have no choice. We must press forward. Monday must go on. Uh, reminder for you guys, our title sponsor on Monday's edition of the podcast is our good friends at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Save yourself 20% on your next order. Brian and I will tell you a little bit more about that company a little bit later on in today's show. All right, without further ado, let's break into it here. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for January 25th, 2021. Once again, welcome into Locked On Utes. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown, the brown bear himself. Big thank you for joining us. We are your co-host tandem covering all things Utah athletics right here on your daily podcast focused on the Utes. Brian, uh, first thing, what in the world happened uh, down the stretch for Utah? Uh, Jake, as, as our good friend Rashid Wallace likes to say, the ball don't lie. And Utah managed to not get the ball anywhere near the hoop. And so the Washington Huskies won uh, for for a game that was incredibly competitive throughout. It was really fun to watch. It was a fast pace, a lot of scoring, mm-hmm. a lot of action. We saw a few players really emerge, got to see some Ian Martinez minutes in the crunch, which was absolutely great. I'm falling in love more and more with his game as he starts to develop. We saw the big cat. Brandon Carlson emerged. I love that nickname for him. I don't think it's going to stick, but that doesn't matter because that's what I'm going to call him. He hit a three. He was blocking shots. He was playing like the Brandon Carlson of old. We saw Timmy Allen step up in the second half and start to lead the team, become the leader that we've talked about him needing to become. We saw a lot of growth and development from this team, but at the end of the, at the end of the game, they faltered. And the biggest issue with, with that team throughout the performance against Washington was turnovers. And at the end of the game, turnovers is what killed them. Yeah, you're not kidding. And it ends up with an 83-79 to loss for the Utes. And it's one of those games that it's the woulda, coulda, shoulda stuff that you're going to look back on for, for a game like this, I feel like. And you look at, I'm just looking at the play-by-play right now, just kind of reliving it in my mind, watching those turnover after turnover. Because with a minute 39, Ian Martinez, and by the way, I'm with you. Ian Martinez, his game... You can see that this kid has got the makings of a future star, it seems like, for Utah potentially. If you look up to his potential and what he's showing right now, man, could he be a difference maker for the Utes? But for, so, a minute 39, he makes a jumper that puts Utah up 79 to 76. From there on, Utah has four successive turnovers and ends up losing 83 to 79. And 
I, I don't know uh, what to say other than it's one of those things that y- you, you, you live with it. Yeah, you kind of have to move on from a game like this. I know that Utah fans were irate online. I, I can tell you this much. It, you, you, you see them online going after Larry Kraskoviak, uh, riffing on players, just having their way with the program online. But, man, it, it's just one of those games that you felt like, okay, Utah, you know what? They got this game in in control, and then just to see the way that they kind of yacked it up with those turnovers, it just hurts. It, and you could see that I think in the post game interviews, especially with Larry Kriskoviak, you could tell that he this one hurt him. It, it did, and it was fascinating to watch their responses. Though Larry took the blame for it, he said it was a lot of bad coaching decisions, and he put the the responsibility squarely on his shoulders. I thought it was really interesting. There was a reporter that asked. Uh, Timmy Allen, where this ranked in the losses that were most memorable. And Timmy Allen said, I don't rank losses because I'm not a loser. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a great response. What I thought most of all is that this was a super disappointing game. And the online chatter did not echo what really happened on the court. That's the biggest problem right now. We saw a weekend of basketball from Utah that I absolutely loved. And I get that losing always sucks. It's the worst. Nobody wants to lose. If you don't hate losing, then you don't like sports, right? Like that's the part that drives and motivates everybody. But if you didn't watch this game and see good things coming out of the Utes, that's also a problem too, right? We saw, we talked about Ian Martinez. We talked about Brandon Carlson. Ryland Jones was electric against Wazoo. That's the Ryland Jones that we've needed to see for a long time. Came out right at the beginning of this game, hit a three-pointer kind of tapered off a little bit. He struggled. They just, Riley Batten started hitting threes. There was really good balance scoring all across the board from the Utes. And so if if you're going to look, it was, it, you could argue tail two halves, but it's really not, right? It was, it was 38 minutes of good with, well, let's go 36, right? <laughs> okay. With four minutes of bad. And the other part of it too is you've got to give Washington some credit. Jamal Bay was just incredible. Yeah, he was. And uh, actually, uh, before we get to the Jamal Bay part of things, I actually wanted to go back a little bit. You mentioned Ryland Jones against Washington State. And it actually was the performance I think many Utah fans have been hoping to see from this young man. He has had a rough go of this season, let's be honest. It's just not been uh, the sophomore year that he envisioned for himself. I'm sure the coaches did not envision this for him. But it was nice to see him break out of that uh, shell that he's found himself in. So it, I think what you're saying there, Brian, is yes, the echo chamber that can exist on Twitter or online on all the message boards and everything about Utah basketball, yeah, it's a it's a pretty vicious place right now. It's not great. It's, it's not great, Bob. It, yeah, it's not great, Bob. That's good, that nice poll. But the, the, the thing about it is, I think we need to look deeper than that as fans. You need to look a little deeper into this. Because, yeah, Ian Martinez showed some good things. We're seeing stuff from Ryland Jones. We're seeing him get better. I really felt like uh, Timmy Allen showed some things in this Washington game that I think he's shown at different points this season. But it's becoming more of a consistent thing with him. Showing some more leadership qualities. His ability to score when he needs to get a bucket. That type of stuff. Maybe looking a little deeper than just the box score is what needs to happen with this program right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you need to acknowledge the fact that Timmy Allen had a double-double, 15 points, 10 assists, and 7 rebounds after shooting 5 of 15 from the field. And he's still he's just never going to be a good three-point shooter. I just feel like there's so much hesitancy and he's trying to put those shots up and it just, the motion doesn't look natural, but where he's really become great is in his mid range game. And I'm watching and, and thinking about it. And I'm seeing just shades with his athleticism, with the way that he makes those moves with his footwork. 
that he's kind of growing into a little bit of a TJ Warren light. And people are going to think about TJ Warren at the NBA level. And it's really at the NC state where he was a superstar from the mid range. And, and he wasn't much of a three point shooter. That was kind of his knock as he was going into the NBA was that he wasn't a great long range shooter, but what he could do in the mid range at the college level was great. And that's kind of what Timmy Allen started to do. But the problem is, is that you've got to mitigate those mistakes and those turnovers. And Utah was so great throughout the year about not turning the ball over. And in this game, unfortunately, it seems like that's come kind of come back around. But the good news is, is that they're playing a lot more free. I just, I wonder as we're talking about all this and, and the growth and where the program is headed and everything like that, I just wonder what the next few weeks are going to look like for this team. And that's a very good question. Let, let's dig into that. I want to talk a little bit about the Jamal Bay situation that Utah found themselves in in the game against Washington. Needed a few more other talking points we need to discuss with regards to the Utah basketball team. But before we do that, let's talk about a brand new partner with us here on the Locked On Utes podcast, Brian, and that is our good friend at Keeps. Many of us, Brian and I, were both guys in our 30s. Well, what happens when you get into your 30s is you start noticing some hair loss, whether it's like me where you start seeing it go back in the corners of your that quote-unquote widow's peak area. I've got a brother who's losing it on the back of his head. All of us have our own hair issues, and I, I really think, Brian, many of us were kind of wrapped up in how we go about our hair identities. Mine seems to be growing at the bottom part of my face and not the top, Jake. Hey. And- I need some help up top, man. I, I got to have a good, 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 nice, fresh pair of lettuce up there. Otherwise, I'm going to be in trouble. You, Single guy still. I need I need that hair. You've got that glorious beard. I can tell you that much. But Keeps can help us keep the hair that we have got. It's a really simple way to go about it. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you actually do it all online. You visit the doctor online, and you get your hair loss medication delivered directly to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to the pharmacy checkout lines and those awkward doctor visits, Brian. I think we all want to avoid visiting with our doctor in person. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where if there's something that's out there that's going to work for us, let's just knock it out mm. right here, right now, and get it done. And that's the great part about Keeps. It, get treated from home. Keeps offers generic versions. You know, Prevention is the key, like we talked about, to making sure that you keep and keep, I say in quotation <laughs> marks, what you have already in store and help regrow whatever you may have lost. Yeah, and right now we got a special offer courtesy of our friends at Keeps. And what it is, is if you're ready to take action and prevent that hair loss, go to keeps.com slash college to receive your first month of treatment for free. You heard that right. First month for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash college to get that first month of treatment for free, guys. It's a great offer. And like Brian said, Take action now to keep the hair that you got and hopefully can regrow it as well and do it all with Keeps, a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Utes podcast. Brian, let's take a minute and talk about our good friends at betonline.ag. We've talked a lot about this company over the past few months, but I have to tell you what, if you want to get in on the sports betting action, do it with BetOnline. We were just talking about some of the stuff that we went over this weekend, and it was really fun because it gave the games a little bit of extra excitement, especially I think one of us may have had a little bit of a uh, 
interest in the latter playoff game and and that may have paid some high dividends i don't know it definitely wouldn't have been me so it's got to be one of us who was it jake i did have a good weekend betting on the kansas city chiefs i can tell you that much so thank you to patrick mahomes and andy reed my belief in you guys was rewarded i I can i'll just leave it there but brian we want to encourage everybody, give BetOnline a shot. You can get a free account by going to BetOnline.ag, but right now when you're there and you make your first deposit, they'll give, they're will give they giving you free money. Make that the first deposit, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and get a 50% welcome bonus courtesy of BetOnline. Once again, that 50% welcome bonus, just go to BetOnline.ag, make that first deposit, and use that promo code LOCKEDON. It's all courtesy of our good friends at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Brian, getting back to what we were talking about with Utah basketball, and it, the loss to Washington, I get it's disappointing. Simply, you look at the records and everything, it's one of those things that you just, you're just you upset about if you're a Utah fan. But I do need to give some credit. I think you're, you're in agreement with this. We talked about this a little bit before we push record. Uh, Jamal Bay, by the way, tip of the cap to that young man, he had quite an outing against the Utes. It was fantastic, and I think if I was a fan of the Washington Huskies, I would have loved it, but when he's murdering your team, it's kind of a little bit hard to uh, empathize with that, I guess, and relate to it. I don't know. I I don't really like it when people are constantly – dropping three-pointers right in my face. What about you, Jake? And that, that's, a little, that's a little hard to stomach. I, I get that. But if you can step back and look at what he was doing in this game, man, it's one of those things you got to just tip your cap to. I think you and I are both Utah Jazz fans, and we like to, in jazz fandom, we have the term jazz killers, guys who just seemingly come out of nowhere and when they're playing the jazz have games of their life. And... Jamal Bay had one of those games that he will not soon forget against Utah. And I think that's one of the things you just kind of, as a Utah fan, I think sometimes you just got to tip your cap and say, you know what? You had a great day, young man. Hope you never do that again against us. There's no reason that I should ever know the name Linus Claza, but sure enough, here I oh, do. Geez. For for the old old hats that listen to this podcast, Eddie Fast Eddie Johnson's another name you yep. can throw out there. I feel like Sam Perkins was another, and Jamal Bay cemented himself, I think, in Ute legacy by being that kind of a guy. And and it's worth it to go over just how both how good his numbers were and how out of the ordinary they were because he shot ninety one percent from the field. He shot 100% from three. His worst split was from the free throw line where he shot 80%. And he had 28 points. He had five rebounds, two assists, one block, four steals. That was a big part of why Utah lost this game was because he was able to get in there and get some turnovers. Mm -hmm. Some of the guys that have been consistent all year long, like Alfonso Plummer, struggled. Pella Larson had four turnovers. uh, Out of character game for him. You know, we saw a lot more out of Ian Martinez, and you have to expect him to make mistakes and and do some things here and there that that are just going to be. You have to live with it because he's he's too good out there, and he does things that are so needed for this Utah team. The way that he gets a rebound and pushes the ball up the floor, it's Colin Sexton esque. It's it's Russell Westbrook light, where he gets the offense up the floor, he gets the guys going with him, and he pushes the action to initiate the offense, and I think it's really helped them a lot. And it's just a few possessions here and there, but it's really good. And to to counter that, you know, Jamal Bay just ate them all. 
Yeah, right. Like, he, he he was unstoppable. And sometimes you just have guys that get in the zone. I mean, his season stats are nothing, right? <laughs> Eight points, three boards, <laughs> yeah. an assist, shooting 44% from the field. Uh-huh. And this is a team that's coming off a huge win against Colorado, one of the top teams in the conference. So yep. it sucks when it happens to your team. And I think there's this idea that as a fan that it's, oh, it always happens to my team. Well, it's got to happen to somebody, right? Sure. So, and that's, I don't think it's been consistent this year that Utah's had a star go off on him in every single game, right? Like Oscar De Silva's leading the Pac-12 in scoring, didn't have a great game against the Utes. The Utes beat Stanford. Yeah. Stanford goes down and beats UCLA in a buzzer beater. Yes. Which like, UCLA, way, is, way to fall asleep, by the way, on that yeah, buzzer beater. What are you doing? <laughs> like, have fun at practice on Monday with Mick Cronin. He's oh. going to kill somebody, Jake. Yeah, he is. Like, man, to lose in that fashion, man, that was just awful. But uh, kind of going to your point, Brian, yes, it's just Jamal Bay really, I think, had the breakout performance. But Washington, they beat Colorado. This is the first time that Washington all year long has won back-to-back games. And, uh, man, it – it hurts if you're a Utah fan to see a team that you thought, you know what, that's a win. That's a win on our schedule, and to see that go by the wayside because a guy like Jamal Bay goes off, it just feels like it's a gut punch after gut punch type of a season if you're a Utah basketball fan. It just seems like you're not getting many breaks. The Stanford win, great, but you follow that up with a, just a humiliating loss to Cal. It just seems like it's one of those seasons where Utah just has been suffering setback after setback, and it doesn't seem it's like it's stopping anytime soon, sadly. What's unique about this is if this was the football team and it was the football team, which we saw really happen in 2020, right? Setback after setback. Mm-hmm. They lose two in a row. Everybody's down. Now all of a sudden, all of a sudden the football team started punching back and, and they finished with three great games and everybody's really high. And now there's all this buzz that Utah might be the team to beat in the Pac-12. And I don't think it's without reason, right? But because it's the basketball program and people have checked out and decided that it's not worth watching until Larry is fired, we're we're talking about it in a totally different light, right? This is a team that has taken hits. And we talked about the COVID. We talked about the scheduling issues. And and this was supposed to be the year that their out-of-conference schedule was really supposed to be good. And it sucked, right? Like, and and there's the in-state issue that always comes up, and there's all this stuff. And and part of it is that Larry's now been here for a decade, right? Mm-hmm. And and it just rolls over and over and over. And as long as it's as that's the issue, you know, people are not going to stop talking about it. And I get that, but I've had interactions with some fans where we talk some things through. And the reality is, is as fans, as as commentators, as analysts, we don't have any control over the hiring and the firing of. of of coaches or, or administrators or anything like that within the program. But what we can talk about is the good stuff. And I thought that this was a good sign from a team where Jamal Bay was throwing haymakers. He was out there and Utah was Connor McGregor just getting their, you know, faces pounded, but they didn't go down. They stayed in the fight and, and it really didn't end until the decision came at the very, very end. And I thought that was very commendable because Bay was electric. I, I want to make like a Bay of Pigs invasion joke, but I can't figure it out. So I'm just going to go with the fact that he was really good. And then, you know, when, when good players play like that, it's really tough to win in college basketball. It is. And that, that's, that's, that's the worst part about it. It's just, it's, it's yet another gut punch. It's another blow to the psyche for this Utah basketball program. And that's the hardest part to differentiate this type of a season, Brian, from many others is because you're seeing good things from this Utah basketball team this year, but it's not resulting in the wins that are requisite, I think, for fans to feel like this program is making progress. Am I making sense with that point? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think what it is is you have to look past – it's like an awful house, right, where you have to look past the fact that the roof is collapsing, that the, the siding is all faded, yeah. it needs a coat of paint. But when you get inside, there's a million-dollar treasure sitting at the bottom, right? And so you have to go and look past everything that's, that's, that's falling apart and, and look kind of a little bit deeper to see what really is there. I think Brandon Carlson, when he hit that three man, he took it so confidently. His stroke looked great. It was such a good shot. The stuff I saw from Ian Martinez today was just so promising. And I know I'm recycling the same stuff, but it was the same way in the Wazoo game, right? Like Riley Batten is starting to play like a, like a bad A, you know, yeah. and, and that's, that's a new step for him. We really haven't seen that before, but we've needed to see it. And Timmy, Timmy Allen's on, on a terror. Like he he's playing the kind of basketball, that should have him in the conversation for Pac-12 Player of the Year if they were winning games, but they're not. And, that, and I think yeah. the, the hard part about it is just how much does COVID play into this? You know, you look at how much tragedy the Chris Koviak family has been through with that. Like Larry lost his father-in-law, who was basically his father, um, you know, and, and I don't want to talk too much about his, you know, history and everything like that. Then his mother-in-law gets it and, and the whole family was affected by it and everything like that. And and with that program where they try to make it so much of a family, it's got to have some effect on them. Right. So you're already behind the eight ball with a season starting shorter out of conference. There's all this stuff that's going on. And yet these kids are still fighting through it. And so I think that's really a positive thing to take about it is that the players in the program are starting to care more and they're feeling it and they're looking more confident when they're out there despite the turnovers yeah and that that right there i think is the best point that i we just it's so easy to look at the box scores and look at the win loss record and say you know what this this ain't it we need to get a new coach but it, it seems like to me there's a lot of positives if you dig a little deeper about this utah basketball team but the the tough part is brian as you said a little bit ago Larry's been here a decade and that's working against him with what's going on on the court right now is it just feels like I think to many fans that it's just a replay of some of the past what four or five years in a row but I think if you look a little deeper there are positives to take away from this team and there's still time uh, there's still another month of this season to go here you hope that some good things can happen they can rack up some wins but man it's just one of those things. I keep looking at this team saying, okay, there are good things about different parts of this roster. Like you said, Timmy Allen's a, a good thing. We saw Brandon Carlson have a breakout weekend. Riley Batten did some good things in the Washington loss. Ryland Jones had a good game at Washington State. Ian Martinez is starting to turn into a nice player. There's so many good facets about this program. The tough part is it's just not resulting in what matters the most over everything else, having more points than the other team at the end of the and at that whole, at the end of the game. Yeah, and points don't carry over from game to game. You've got to do it every single game, and that's where they're starting to make strides. We, we had talked about the second-half issues. It does feel like they've kind of gotten a handle on that. We really haven't seen a bad second half outside of the Cal game in, what, four or five efforts now? Three or yeah. four, three or four. Yeah. You know, and, and I think Oregon is just always going to be a bad matchup for Utah. Sure. And I took away too much from that loss when I was watching it and saying like, well, if Oregon's going to beat them like this, then we can't compete with anybody. <laughs> and I think they've bounced back and proved me really wrong that they can. And, and this team is just evolving still. And so I don't want to tell people how to fan or anything like that, but we're at a time right now where there's just, they're not going to be a lot of football left. It's going to be the only thing if you're a Utah fan and, and, I know that people have proud memories of this program and what yeah. it was. You and I have talked about that ad nauseum and, and somebody posted the clip of, 
Rick Majerus jumping up and down when Keith Van Horn hit the uh, at the buzzer, which, by the way, one of Bowler's greatest calls. Love that one. Yep, it is a good call. But you're right. The the history of this program is it's working against it right now. The, mm-hmm. Many people who have been around have seen what Rick Majerus did with seemingly less than what Utah has at their disposal right now. And I think that's what's leading to the frustration. It's going to be a topic, Brian. I You said it. We, this is going to be something we are going to continue to discuss. There's still a full month of the regular season to go here for the Utes. I'm hopeful that they can get some things turned around here and start having some success in terms of getting wins on their record. They sit at six and seven right now. They're three and six in, in Pac-12 play, and close but no cigar. It doesn't fly for many people, but I really feel like there are some positives to take away from this team, and we'll continue to discuss it over the coming days and weeks as the games continue to play here out the final month of the season. You just kind of wonder if this team's going to get an aha moment like we saw with the football program. And if they do, when is that going to come? Is it going to come in the Pac-12 tournament? And how crazy would that be? <laughs> I don't think that that's something to really hope or wish on. Sure. But there's enough evidence here that I think there's proof of concept with the, what this team could be. And I had people asking, well, you said this team was talented or, or you know, there was a lot of that there. And, and they're starting to show it a little bit now. And so I think as, as I'm watching and talking about it, that's what I want to focus on because I can't control any of the other stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be a topic that we continue to discuss, like like I said. and it, It's it's something we just got to keep looking. You got to look a little deeper than the box score. I think that's the overarching theme from today's podcast. All right, Brian, uh, coming up here in just a minute, we'll catch our listeners up on some other Utah news, including the Red Rocks in action taking on the University of Arizona. We'll touch on that as we round out the Monday edition of the show. Before we do that, though, let's talk about one of you and I's favorite companies out there as our good friends at Bill bar had some of the immunity boosts tonight have been munching on my built bar stash all along it's time for a reorder and the best part about that reorder is that we get a dope discount with a promo code locked on right yeah 20 percent off your next order by going to builtbar.com let me encourage you guys give these bars a shot they're covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to chew i can say this without hesitation i have never craved a protein bar in my entire life until i had a built bar they are phenomenal 18 unique flavors. Guys, give them a shot. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with how delicious these protein bars are. And the best part, they're very healthy. High in protein, high in fiber, low sugar, low calorie. They're the perfect complement for wherever you're at in your life's health journey. They are. They, they help me bridge my snack cravings when I'm there at work in the morning. If, if I start to feel a little bit of brain drain, then I can just open it up. A lot of different varieties between the nut flavors and the non-nut flavors. And like you said, I don't crave a normal protein bar because they're usually dry. There's nothing good or chewy yeah. on the inside. And Built Bar has solved that riddle. So if you like that nougaty, chewy, candy bar-ish style, this is going to knock it out of the park for you. And that's the reason that you hear about them everywhere you go. Yep. So go to BuiltBar.com, like Brian said. Use the promo code Locked On. Save yourself 20% and enjoy the best-tasting protein bars, courtesy of Built Bar. All right, running down the other news from the weekend in Utah sports as you round out a Monday edition of the podcast. Brian, let's start off with the women's basketball team. I got to give the Lady Utes credit. They went to Arizona State and beat the Sun Devils 65-51. to That's a pretty impressive victory considering Arizona State was 8-3 and going into that game. It was, yeah, and, and I think it's 
showing signs that the women's basketball team is starting to evolve and grow a little bit as well. They had some rough spurts along the way. I think it was Colorado where they had a really, really rough go, uh, had another battle against Stanford. UCLA was another tough game, but they're bouncing back and showing resiliency. And I think that's a good sign for the program. It's still a pretty young team for the most part. And they're starting to introduce a lot of younger players and it's good to see them turning that into some actual results here. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Brian. Also, women's volleyball, they had a nice weekend as well. Volleyball team stayed perfect in the opening weekend, sweeping Arizona. This is a team that was actually picked to win the Pac-12 this year in volleyball. They're led by the legend, Danny Drews, uh, former Danny Barton. I'm sure nobody can correlate why I would mention the fact that her maiden name is Barton at all. No, uh, but she was fantastic this weekend, 13 kills, two aces and a block. Uh, Kinsey Kerber had another, another solid uh, effort for the youths with five kills and ace and two blocks. And then Madeline Robinson had nine kills, four aces and two blocks too. This team is poised to really do some fantastic things in the volleyball world. And I don't know about you. I grew up, I went to Highland High School. I grew up with Logan Tom floating around my high school. And so I've always really enjoyed watching girls volleyball and just volleyball in general. Um, It's fun to watch them play and they've done a great job. They have their next matchup at California and it'll be exciting to track this team as they try to contend for another Pac-12 championship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the funny thing is the the state of volleyball in the state of Utah is actually in a really good place. BYU is really good. Weaver State's got plenty of muscle in their own right. Uh, there are plenty of uh, good teams out there. Utah this year, based on that first match, man, are they looking really good. And I'm excited to see what they do up there on the hill with the women's volleyball program. And then finally, Brian, on our way out the door here, congratulations to the University of Utah women's gymnastics program, the Red Rocks. They went and absolutely dominated Arizona at the Huntsman Center in their home opener. They're setting themselves up for another monster matchup with UCLA, right? They are. UCLA had another big weekend. Gymnastics Twitter was all over it. This was a dominant dominant effort from the Utes after a rough showing it at Oklahoma where they really couldn't bounce back after the balance beam. Uh, but they just destroyed the Wildcats 197.075 to 195.650. And while that sounds like maybe just a two point win, as we talked about, Choose as good as a hundred when it comes to gymnastics. Yeah, gymnastics. It is legitimately. It's it's decimals and fractions. That is an absolutely dominant showing. So congratulations to the Red Rocks on that. All right, Brian. Any final parting thoughts or shots from you before we go here on a Monday? It's a great way to start the week, Jake. Happy to have you here with me. Excited to look forward on the week of sports and, and see what kind of news we get generated. There's a lot to look forward to. Thank you, everybody, for subscribing and tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. We love being with you guys every day. Hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. And join us again tomorrow. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for January 25th, 2021.